Welcome to another episode of Million Dollar Stories, where I get to interview authors from all over the world. Uh, I'm very curious about this topic simply because um, many women work within our organization, and uh, I want the the individuals on my team to be extremely confident. That is what separates people mm-hmm. um, I- immediately whenever you first meet them. Are they confident? Are they proud of what they do? Can they handle what they promise? they uh, are going to handle? Well, I think if you're confident, you absolutely perform better. And we have an individual, Jennifer Pestikas, wrote a book called Brave Women at Work, Lessons in Confidence. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. Well, what is the genesis behind this book? It looks like a group of you got together, put this uh, in place. And when did it come out? Let me see the date. Last last year. Last year. Okay. So uh, what made you want to write this book in the first place? So. I'll make it as short as possible. So what happened was in uh, 2019, I hit a wall, Mike. I actually went through significant burnout. I did not know it was coming. And I call burnout the invisible wall. So, you know, you're hustling, you're working as hard as you can for those gold stars as a, as a working woman. And there's so many women that are like me out there. And before I knew it, I started having health issues. I started having, and in all seriousness, I had anxiety, I had depression, insomnia, digestion issues, like all, you name it, I was starting to have it. And it was just crazy. It was starting to stack up what I thought was out of nowhere. And then I realized that I was going through burnout and and I'm honestly still healing from it. Wow. And so it's been, you know, years. And so from that as part of the healing then what happens? Then we get into COVID. And so everyone shut down and the whole world, free world shuts down. And then I decided to kind of turn inward as part of my healing journey. And I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? And so uh, my intuition said to me, start a podcast. So um, I started Brave Women at Work, the podcast. And then after that, another little voice nudged me and said, why don't you write a book? And so this is actually the second in a series of what will be four and maybe more. So the first book came out in 2022, Brave Woman at Work, um, and it was on resilience. So it was stories of resilience. And then the next uh, year, which was last year, uh, we focused on confidence. And then this coming year, or this current year in 2024, as we're recording, is going to focus on leadership. Mm-hmm. So you'd be amazed, like, you know, they say post-traumatic growth. You can be amazed what would happen after you experience post-traumatic growth. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. So confidence, resilience, and leadership. You put those together, you're, you become a dangerous person. I like that. <laughs> um, so. So you do mention imposter syndrome. This is something that a lot of my clients battle with. Uh, And the way that I combat it, I think it's actually a good thing. It means that you're in an unknown territory. Your soul is saying, I've never been here. So, you know, do we really belong here? Well, that's mm-hmm. a time for you to dive deeper into skills and uh, and and maybe focus on some of those weaknesses and strengthening them. So it's almost a sign that you might be on the right path. However, the beat to beat it, you really need to leave no doubt. You need to write more books. You need to be on more podcasts. You need to create better results than your competitors. You need to become more articulate with your speech and just become the overall um, figure of success and um, the ability to conquer the dragon that stands in front of you. Like That's the mm-hmm. way I look at it. Leave no doubt. What mm-hmm. do you preach in this book? So as a matter of fact, uh, my chapter is called Imposter. And so I have faced it myself personally at many inflection points in my in my life, in my career. 
So when I've had imposter uh, moments, imposter syndrome moments, it's, it's, I call it and it's not mine, but it's new level, new devil. So Mike, when I face like new levels, all of a sudden, like the dragon, as you call it, kind of rears its head and it'll ask questions such as, who do you think you are? You're not enough. They're going to find you out. You know, you're, you're not enough for this. And so it takes what I preach in the book is really digging deep and finding the confidence and that self-belief within within yourself to say, no, 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 I have enough. And putting fear, because I think that imposter syndrome is simply like you said, you're leveling up. So fear comes in just to try to protect you from dying or the bear or whatever and says, hey, you know what? You're, you're not enough. And so you have to have a conversation with that fear and put it aside and say, no, I've got this. I have the strength. I have the intelligence. I have the experience. I have whatever it takes and put it in its place without not, you know, beating it down. They, they say, you know, beat down your imposter syndrome, you know, kill your imposter syndrome. No, I mean, you just, you just have to be respectful of it and understand it's just a part of who you are. And then you move past it. And then on the other side of that, you get stronger and you're, you're so much better for it. Yeah. So most people, I mean, i I think everybody battles with it. Uh, I know mm -hmm. that, um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, an individual that I looked mm -hmm. up to, said he felt imposter syndrome when an individual uh, reached out to him to be a part of his book. Now, Robert Kiyosaki, if you're not familiar, have you ever read that book, by the way? By I have read. It's a Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he wrote He's that, great. sold millions of copies. OK, did really well. Well, Donald Trump reached out to him a year or two later and said, hey, uh, I would love to do a book with you. And Robert Kiyosaki almost turned it down because he's like, I'm not on his level. Why would he even ask me? I'm not ready. So even when you hit these amazing heights, you have this imposter syndrome that kind of creeps in and tries to keep you right where you're at. So mm -hmm. uh, this is something we all battle with. And um, it's part of the journey. It's the I always talk about the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And 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 I don't know if you've read uh, Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil, whether it's a dragon mm -hmm. or that uh, you never read that at all. No, I haven't. I got to read that one. Uh, outwitting the devil. He basically okay. explains it as the devil is trying to keep you right where you're at. And so when you mm -hmm. listen to that voice and you adopt it and say, I'm not ready, you become a, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so if you keep saying you're not ready, you're not ready. Well, obviously you're going to stay right where you're at. And I think wow. that you got to beat the devil, beat that voice and, and just make sure that um, it becomes a habit where you don't let it uh, destroy your future. So it's part of us. And, um, and and what makes it so individuals can beat it and then others are prisoners by it? Mm, that's a really good question. I think, and I don't want to be flippant about this. I think it comes down to choice. <laughs> I really do. I think it comes down to choosing and digging deep and saying, okay, Am I going to let the devil just own me or am I going to overcome it? And I'm not going to say that that's easy. I'm not going to say that it's not difficult. It's it's very difficult to make that choice. It's It takes, you got to dig super deep, but and there have been periods that when I've gone through imposter syndrome, I'm not going to say that, you know, it's always been smooth sailing and I've just like kind of like mastered it. No, there have been times where I was like, no, I can't do this, Mike. Like I can't. And then I go through the period where the devil's won and then I come out and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that choice. So I think it comes down to kind of wrestling with it and choosing and wanting to be stronger than that internal doubt, wanting to be stronger and better than that. And putting one foot in the front of the other and making it happen. Hmm. Now there's an individual who works on my team uh, uh, who has been a part of this company for, I think it's almost six years. 
Um, she joined up right when she was 18, was a photographer, a personal mm -hmm. assistant. Now she's a project manager. And uh, I saw this transformation within her. And I, every year or so, I'd give her way more responsibility. Now, in the very beginning, she was very resistant. I'm not ready. Who am I? I don't want to do Zoom calls. I don't want to have meetings. Mm -hmm. And I saw this, this transformation that eventually she started to uh, adopt it. And I think it was because slowly but surely I was giving her more responsibility and she started to have belief in herself. Um, and I guess maybe that kind of spills into other parts of their life where they become a leader, not just in this organization, but in their own family. And it has done wonders. We had a great conversation not long ago that it shows that this 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 role that she has doesn't just give her confidence, but it gives her purpose. And mm -hmm. maybe they're tied together, right? Uh, may, if there's anything you could share in regards to that, where the more confidence you have in an area, the more purpose you kind of are attaching to it. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on that? That's a really good question. But before I go there, I want to congratulate you as a leader for finding and seeing something in her that she didn't see in herself. That's real leadership to me to be able to like dig into that person and see like something special, something unique that they wouldn't have seen. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And so why don't you repeat that question? Just because I had to, I had to get that out. Yeah. So I would think that um, when it comes to confidence, I believe it's, it's, it's married oh. to purpose. And if you feel like you have this purpose inside of you and you're going to do it hell or high water, confidence yeah. is a natural byproduct, or maybe purpose is a natural byproduct yeah. of confidence. So I, I just think there's some type of correlation. Maybe you found out the same thing. Yeah. So that's really, I'll, I'll use my podcast as an example. So I, you know, I'm in burnout. I'm like kind of at the, you know, at the woes, like on the health side. And, you know, my intuition says to me, go start a podcast. And so I'm excited to tell you, um, naively, I call it naive joy. I'm 150 plus episodes in now, Mike. And oh my so, God. yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you, you know, that the average, I think yeah. 95% of all podcasts never passed 21 episodes, 95%. Wow. Think about wow. that. Yeah. So I've had people say to me, did you, did you take a class, Jen? Did you, did you like, you know, how did you figure it out? Did you read a book? Did you, and you know, it's, that's that naive joy. You just kind of jump in and, you know, were there moments where the imposter came in and said, you know, what are you doing? Like, no one wants to hear from you. You know, no one cares. And, you know, here I am still, you know, with, with my, my new, we were just talking before we recorded our, my new snazzy mic, right. <laughs> to, to make me sound, you know, Sounds even a great. little bit better. Right. And so I will tell you, I think through burnout, I have found my purpose in educating women and inspiring women and helping women be brave at work and allowing them to build that confidence, to be bolder in their careers, to get paid what they deserve, all those things. And I completely agree that there's a positive correlation because as every episode that I've done, I've gained confidence. And every client that I've talked to, I've gained confidence. And every word, believe you me, anyone who thinks that they, you know, can't write a book, I'm telling you, you can. You know, I'm not an English major. I, you know, I don't have an MA, you know, in fine, you know, fine literature, or, you know, or anything like that. I'm not a professor. Um, I just put pen to paper, started typing each word out every day. And so that has grown my confidence. And so it's that decision and those little steps that make a difference. But I absolutely, absolutely believe that there's a positive correlation. Yeah. And it's almost like you got to make little promises to yourself and then keep them. And then it's yeah. like, if I could do an episode a week, all right, can I do two or three? And then 
it just snowballs into, well, if I make a promise to myself, I'm going to do it. And yeah. I would think that your soul is listening. Every time you make a promise and keep it or make a promise and break it, it's saying uh, it's reinforcing some type of idea in your head of who you are. You know, it's interesting. I will kind of just add in here. Were there people along the way that were concerned about me? So yes. I mean, there were people like, what, you know, you're going through burnout. Why are you starting a podcast? You're adding more in, you know, to the mix, you know, aren't you going to just add more burnout and have there been times where it's like, oh man, this is a lot. Yeah. But you know what? I listen to the stirrings of my soul. I listen to that inner voice and I have grown my confidence as a result. So when you say burnout though, was it simply because it was like you were tapping into a well that had no water uh, and, it, mm -hmm. and, and that well was once excitement for your career, your path, your trajectory, your, uh, your, your identity. And then once you realized it went dry, it was almost like Carl Jung. I think it was, it talks about your, your ground zero moments here, the best things for you, where when things all, when they go to hell in your life, you're able to look in the mirror. You're able to go down into the basement. You're able to see who you really are and what you really want, which gives you this platform to build the life that you truly want. So, uh, it was probably that moment where you realize that, all right, now's the time that I need to create the foundation my way, not regarding mm -hmm. what society mm -hmm. tried to instill in me in the past couple of years or my whole life. Let's build it my way. And I'm not going to stop ever again. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they say that burnout is there's something at odds, like with your purpose, like that you're not living in your soul's like alignment is what I've been told. And that's not mine. And so it's a reckoning that you cannot ignore. Now you can't ignore it, but what happens is you just keep having these cycles. Like it's a cyclical burnout over and over and over again. And I have tried to outrun my purpose, Mike, many times. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. And so um, I will just say that you can't outrun it if you really want to be happy and have that alignment with your soul. Tried to outrun it. Can you explain that real quick? Because I would think- yeah outrun it or run away from it? <laughs> I've tried to do both. Um, <laughs> so um, a little bit of the backstory is um, I was the kid in when Borders and Barnes and Noble were a thing. I was always in the self-help aisle. I was always the kid that was looking at Norman Vincent Peale and all of those like oldie but goodies, goodie books. Um, I also in 2005 um, got coaching certified when coaching was like a baby industry, right? And I was scared. I was scared. And I always wanted to be an author, but put it off year after year after year. So many people do these things. And then it took me actually going through that depths, like you said, through, you know, the well going dry that I was like, I tried to outrun it with a really successful career, which I did. And I also God. tried to run away with it, run, run away from it through that career. So I've done both and I'm just here to tell you it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a podcast earlier about self-actualization. Uh, I think that that is, I mean, everybody's pursuing it. Not many people achieve it. And it's the highest piece of the Maslow's hierarchy of values. Yeah. And uh, if you're, if you achieve it, then it's like you're, it's like you're a child again, I think, for the rest of your life. The mm -hmm. way that's the way I'm able to explain it in layman's terms, where you feel like you're doing something that's fun and is keeping you uh, very youthful, mm -hmm. right? Is that how you look at it too? That self actualization yeah. is whenever you have kind of uh, found what you're calling and you're doing it day in and day out. Y yes. And so, 
um, I am still in corporate, uh, you know, and I am still working and, and doing this and easing it into my life, right? But I will tell you, people will be like, I don't know how you're doing it, Jen. Well, it's because it gives me such a childlike joy and so much energy. It, it, you know, unless you're there and you talk about the peak of self, the self-actualization kind of pyramid, you can't explain it unless you're doing it. And the energy, it kind of energy begets energy, begets energy. Now, of course, I still have to take care of myself. I still have to rest, things like that. But the amount of energy that this work gives me is just unlike anything I've ever known. When you were doing uh, research for this book or talking to women, do they struggle more than men when it comes to confidence or resilience or leadership? Like uh, this book is specifically for women. Did you notice mm -hmm. anything that's kind of shocking or um, very surprising to you as you uh, put this together? Um, I think that's a really good question as well. I, I can't say on, on unless it's like from real life experience with men, because I didn't interview men. I don't have men as authors in the book, so I, I don't want to misrepresent them. I will just tell you from personal experience. So I started in a very male dominated industry. I've been in financial services for over 25 years. And so it's very male dominated, at least in the sector that I started in. And the men that I worked with and worked for, um, I'm just going to be really honest, they did not lack confidence. <laughs> they, <didn't> lack, <laughs> they had a certain like brazenness and, and bravado about them, right? That I did not have. And so I can only speak to the women that have written in the book and the women that I've interviewed. And yes, there is an undercurrent for women to really find that brass ring of confidence. And I don't know if it's societal. I don't know if it's within ourselves. I, I don't know where it comes from, Mike, quite frankly, but I do know that I have seen personally, and all I can see, speak is from my personal experience, that there is an unevenness. Now, you might interview someone, a, a male figure that struggles with confidence, but I just haven't seen a lot of men in my life that struggle the way women do in this area. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, I would say, and again, this is my opinion, right? Is, is that, you know, when I was in school as a young student, you know, as the, as the, the nerd in the class raising my hand and saying, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. You know, the teacher would say, you know, can you let other people uh, have a turn? And I, I stopped raising my hand. This is a true story. Um, or I raised it less, right? My, my ambition was less. And I don't really know if societally we do that to young boys. You know, men are men are the leaders, men are the strong one, right? Like I did a whole presentation on the word brave. So brave women at work, right? I've asked women that I work with and my friends, do you feel brave as a woman? And a lot of women, very successful women, they don't feel brave because males got brave is a very male word. Very, you know, like, you know, if you think about it, it's a very strong word and it's juxt I'm juxtaposing it with women, which is traditionally a softer word, you know, more feminine in energy. And so yeah. I, I think that's your answer is I think society kind of coaches us and and we're all women, we're, we're all trying, you know, men and women, we're all trying to evolve our society, all of our norms. But I still think that it's, it's there. It's there. I mean, maybe, maybe not as much as when, you know, I was a kid, but it's still there and, and it's up to us to, to fix it. So do you think that, um, you know, like when, when it comes to boys, I hear, and I, I don't know if this is the case now, I don't have any kids, but, uh, uh, I would always hear, um, toughen up, you know, be a man, right? Yeah. Fight through it. Right now. Are you saying that obviously I don't, I, I don't see guys that I know saying that to their daughters. So I don't know if that does any type of 
disservice or service to them if you um if you if if you'd say that or you wouldn't say that. So do you think that that's actually a pro or a con by saying that because it gives these young boys an advantage in the workplace by having this bravery or this courage that maybe some women don't have? So I think for for young boys, I would tell that I would tell parents like don't don't tell them to toughen up. Like if they if they cry, they cry, right? Like I'm not you know, and I'm not believe me, I'm of a school of not everyone gets a trophy. So for anyone's like, oh, she's one of those people because I have <laughs> I have I have two girls. We thought right? we thought that just so you know. No. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Not everyone gets a trophy, right? So like there are winners and there are losers in life. There are winners and losers in games, right? I I'm I'm much more. You got to win. You got to lose. You got to learn both. But what I will say is that for young boys, like let them have their feelings. Don't try to slap on a bandaid of like, you can't feel you've got to be toxically positive or, you know, a toxic leader or whatever. Now on the girl side, you know, because I have daughters, so this is kind of unfair because I'm doing this with them on the daily is if they're bossy, let them be bossy because that's like early leadership right there. And a lot of times we are like, oh, she's so bossy or, um, you know, I, I had uh, many women and other women, right? Like calling my own kind out, right? Where when I would get promoted, they'd be like, oh, she's an opportunist or she's a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was bossy. And bossy is just an unkind word for women of actually leadership. So let our girls be bossy. Wow. I, I did notice that um, it's tough sometimes to see certain women working together as compared to certain men. So are you saying that it's a little bit, there's a, there's a culture there that sometimes if they see you get promoted, there's actually a little bit more of a, uh, maybe competition competition's a oh, little yeah. bit different in that world. Oh yeah. 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 And, and women, you know, like I want to bring every woman up with me. You know, if you see a woman that's, that's faltering confidence, bring her up with you. If you see someone that's men or women, it doesn't matter. Bring them up with you. This is kind of my motto, but especially our women that might be struggling, but yes, women can compete against women because they feel threatened, um, which is just so unfortunate. Let, let's stop that. And uh, the other people who are a part of this book, uh, what industries are they in? Is it, uh, are it was it a common uh, story that you heard that it was the same approach, very much like what you went through that uh, they went through? So industries to answer the first question: academia, uh, business, lots of pharma. Um, consulting. So it was all over the board. Um, would be the industries. Were there similarities and undertones? Yes, uh, absolutely. In not speaking up or not being confident, the imposter. Uh, there's a fact in the book, the editor actually reminded me of this. The, all the chapters, there were eight or nine authors in the second book, and not one of the female authors mentioned the word promotion when they submitted their first draft. So they would write around the fact they got promoted they wouldn't actually use the word I got promoted, which wow. I find fascinating. So she actually started kind of calling it out and like editing it in because we're so conditioned. Um, and yes, it didn't matter what industry. We all had similar backgrounds, similar stories. Hmm. Wow. So why wouldn't they say they got promoted though? At the, I'm, I'm still confused on that. So maybe it's like self-deprecating, maybe it's subconscious, like, you know, our girls have been taught not to be too, uh, there goes that bravado and that brazenness and that bragging again, right? So 
something when I was a kid, even to recently, you know, and I love my family, but whenever I would get a promotion or I'd be really excited or I was like puffing my chest, you know, as they say, my family would say, don't get too big for your britches. So there, that's where that comes out. Don't get too big for your britches. So therefore don't say you're going to get promoted or you are being promoted. <laughs> so keep it to yourself, right? Keep it to yourself. And that doesn't serve you well in the marketing world or the business world, right? That's right. Keep it to yourself. Like, oh, it just happened upon me. I got lucky. I didn't work my tail off. Like none of that actually occurred. So you have this uh, aspect, I'm reading through your summary, it says setting aside their fears and embracing their personal and professional power. Um, fears, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I don't know if it's the exact same, and maybe this is, I'm just kind of juxtaposing against men, but fears of men, I think of, they look, certain fears of men maybe are a little bit different than certain fears of women. And um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but was there a certain fear that individuals really confronted where it was, was it, they're not enough? Was it, what, what's my family going to think? Is it, what if I try and I fail or what will my closest friends and family say behind my back? Or what were the fears that some of these women were battling with and, and, and how were they able to overcome those? So, um, it was almost layered fear. So we had women that were even writing the the chapter that would say, I don't know if I can do this. So they were facing imposter syndrome in real time while they were writing a book on confidence, which is really interesting because wow. they were like, oh my word, like who's going to want to read this? And I'm like, wait a minute, you're a successful businesswoman. You're a successful pharmaceutical executive. You're successful in academia. Like absolutely people are going to want to so we had to, my editor and I had to kind of coach some of the authors through the process from end to end to make sure. So there was one layer. Then um, I'll share mine, you know, through this process is like, you know, fear of failure, right? Is is really strong in me. So I think that also comes through. And I think that's universal, like men, women, you know, no matter what you identify with, um, I think fear of failure. I also think the opposite, like fear of success, right? So, oh my word, like what if this actually becomes like a big thing? Like, or what if, what if like we actually are making a difference? You know, like one of the authors from the first book, she has said something that stuck with me. She's like, you understand like you're starting something big, you know, with Brave Women at Work, you're starting kind of its own little movement in, in it of itself. And I'm like, oh my word, am I? You know, like, so almost the idea of fear of success. So those were three strong undercurrents that showed up while we were writing the book. Wow. And so how did these individuals get by the, uh, the aspect of will people read this? Like, what, who's going to read this? Was it a community poll? Because I'm thinking if four or five people around this individual start to cheer them on, hey, we're waiting on you and you don't want to be the slow person in the group. So you're able to keep up if you're running with big dogs. So I would think that that was a motivator. What other like tools or tricks or motivational aspects got them through uh, to the finish line? So one thing I would tell the authors, you know, when I wrote the first book, I, I faced that the first round, not so much the second round because I had already done it once, right? So it gets easier. So then imposter quiets down a little bit. So first time authors in the second book, I would remind them like, look, like if this impacts one person, you've done your job, Bingo. you've done your job, like you are done. And so I would tell them stories of like, you know, I, and I had a handful of women. They're like, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. That was so brave of you. Like that really makes a big difference. And then I was like, oh my word, this is something. So that would help them kind of lessen those fears so they could move forward. Right. 
What do you see nowadays uh, within your daughters at school? Or is it a little bit different than whenever you were in school? Or is there a certain change that's happening in society? Like I, I see individuals, uh, you know, people getting very, very active on social media. I used to be more so men, uh, I think. And then now I'm seeing more women and adopting the entrepreneur mindset and and putting themselves out there. So uh, are you noticing a change uh, that's yeah. a, a much needed change? Yeah, I, I am seeing a change, you know, they call it like uh, women rising up, right? And so I just feel and this is the this is humility coming out, Mike, right? I'm just part of the army that's rising. That's all I feel like is I'm just one of many women, you know, that is helping women rise up. And part of the reason that I can't stop, right? So that darn imposter syndrome is because my daughters are watching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if I'm like, oh, you know, I can't do this. I'm not enough. Like what message am I sending them? I'm sending them not a great message. So every podcast and every book and every word I write and every coaching client I take, I'm just sharing with them what's possible. So yes, I am seeing a rising. What has happened since you put the book out? Are you starting to see individuals come out of the woodwork and say, thank you so much for giving me that information. I didn't know if I, it was just me. I see other people are going through it or you've given me a roadmap or maybe some opportunities have come along the way where you're able to build strong relationships with people who needed this message. What has happened in your life? Yeah. So, well, the first part is I I've met, you know, um, I, I'm hoping a lifelong uh, partner in business. Uh, my editor, her name is Hope Mueller. And so we're writing a whole series of books together. And what came from me asking her just a random question, like, hey, you want to write a book together? And her, and me thinking in my head, like, she probably thinks I'm crazy, right? And and then all of a sudden, now we're three books in. So that's the first thing that's happened. Um, the other thing that happened is I have had women come up to me or put reviews in Amazon saying, hey, this really changed me or this really helped me. Um, it also has helped obviously drive visibility for the podcast and help me grow and start to scale slowly but surely my business, uh, Brave Women at Work. And then I, I want to share this um, because I think it's really important. So I did a book signing for the first one, not so much, you know, that was going to be this huge turnout, but I really did it for myself that I was standing up in Barnes and Noble, me, like just little me writing, you know, like a book and being up in Barnes and Noble. But I invited my family and I invited my niece, Abby. So I'm going to give a shout out to Abby, who's 11 and a half. And she, you know, sat in front with my daughter, who's 12, Charlotte, and they're thick as thieves and they're so close. And Abby took my first book to school and showed it to everybody. Wow. And so that, Mike, is why I'm doing this. Because like she now knows like what's possible and that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. It's you're the symbol of hope, right? If you've yeah. done it, then heck, I can do it. And that's all it takes is basically yeah. just one person in your life to just carve the path in place for them to just use it for a long time, right? And then maybe they go off on their own path, but just to follow in your footsteps, you have to be the uh, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yeah. So when we were, um, as we're you know recording this, it's just post holiday. She asked me during the holiday, and she's like, "So is the third book coming? I've read the first two, you know, first two chapters." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, yes, the third one's coming." It's almost like she's anticipating it now, but that's exciting. You know, she she didn't need to ask me. She, you know, she's 11. Who you know who cares at 11? But she she cares. Uh, it, and so I think some of my team members are going to listen to this right away. And mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to them specifically? Uh, 
you know, let's just say the 23 to 28 year old women that work for me, um, who maybe fight with their own demons and, and, and struggle with confidence every once in a while, what would you say to them? What's step one, two or three that you could provide? Mm. So the first one is to really listen to your intuition is the first one. So I also pushed that one down and far because I wanted to people please or be perfectionistic or wanted other people to like me. And that doesn't help anybody because all you're doing is letting your light kind of dim because you're being a copycat of somebody else or what somebody else wants. So I would say the first thing is just really listen to your intuition, even if it sounds crazy, like go with that voice because it's it's there's wisdom there. The second one is to ask every time you can. And so what I mean by that is if you have an opportunity to negotiate for more money, do it. If you want to ask for um, academic reimbursement, do it. If you want to see if you can get a higher job, do it. Um, because if you don't ask, I always tell all of my employees, male and female, you don't get. So if you automatically, you know, what is the quote? I think it's um, Wayne Gretzky or maybe one of one of those sports players, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And so I would tell that person to ask. And then the last piece I would do is I would really build a posse around myself. So I thought that I could do it alone. And that's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. And so building other like-minded people, women, it doesn't matter, that are going to really help you, mentors, sponsors, people that are going to open the doors, people that are going to help, you know, pour into you. You know, like you've mentioned books on, on this today, you know, people, resources, just pour into yourself, build a good foundation and support system around you so that you can get to where you want to go. One thing that I believe changed me was just self-talk. And uh, if I just keep saying it over and over and over, I adopt it as uh, a program that kind of runs without much mm -hmm. energy. And the way I was able to adopt that was from all the personal development books that I read. And mm -hmm. what I found out after doing a lot of research, men tend to lean towards personal development books. Women tend to lean towards fiction, right? That's why mm -hmm. I love talking to nonfiction authors, because I think those are gateways to different lifestyles and just uh, a different future. So Maybe uh, if individuals read the right stuff, they can, uh, they can adopt these principles that become part of them and therefore they have the confidence, the resilience and the leadership. Do you preach the same thing where self-talk is number one, crucial to confidence, but number two, feeding your mind with the right personal development uh, day in and day out. And that is uh, another ingredient to the recipe to success. Oh, bar none. I, very, very well said. So, you know, we talk about morning routines and people are talking about habits and things like that at this time of the year. Okay, forget about all of that stuff other than, you know, if you bring up your phone like in the first five seconds and you're reading news and you're, you know, all this stuff, I'm not saying that news isn't important, but like pour into your mind what you really need, right? So maybe you have a vision statement pull up your vision statement, like, you know, or I just saw on LinkedIn, this beautiful post of a, um, a gentleman, I don't know his name, but he wrote a letter to himself, like, you know, 10 years from now, right? 
And he shared it on LinkedIn. And I was like, that is an awesome exercise. Or maybe it's a year from now, right? So the first thing is like, read your vision every day or read affirmations every day. You know, like if you drink a cup of coffee, this is just like everything else you do. You drink your coffee, you know, like, you you know, you read your vision or your affirmations, you listen to really good podcasts like this one. How about a shameless plug? And, you know, or a good book or whatever you're pouring into yourself because if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it for you. Right. Um, and I'm I'm a big believer in self-reliance and just having financial literacy so you can pretty much go anywhere and hunt for your food at any time. Is that what you're preaching to your daughters? Uh, you have two daughters, you said? Is that right? I have two daughters, yeah. yeah. So Olivia, who's five, and Charlotte, who's 12, just turned 12. So yeah, I mean, you need to have the ability, um, <laughs> you know, like my family, Uh, my family really preached hard work. And so my brother's got a side hustle, you know, at this time, you know, I've got a side hustle in Brave Woman at Work. So my sister-in-law is always like, God, you guys are hustlers. You guys are just hustlers. So yeah, I mean, I want them to see that they don't have to rely. um, They don't have to rely on one thing. You know, they can be a diverse person with diverse interests and be happy. And so, yes, I absolutely believe that. I believe in men and women, we all can be hustlers. Yeah, I believe that uh, it, you can become way more brave if uh, if you know that if something fails, you can still survive somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Going back to caveman days, the ind- the individuals out there would conform in the tribe to go against what they really want to conform to the tribe because if they were by themselves, they would die. That's not right. the case now. You can go out there. You don't have to conform. You can go and build your own business. You can yep. go and create multiple revenue streams pretty easily if you just understand how technology or the problems out there and how you can solve them. Um, and so you can become brave based off of options. And I think the more options you have, um, the, the more freedom you have. And so if you develop a certain skill set or uh, of the ability to survive in uh, scary times on your own, um, that gives you a little bit more courage to uh, confront dragons after dragons, right? So um, that's all I would say on that. Uh, also, when it comes to books outside of your book, is there a book that changed you? Maybe it was there a defining moment that got you to fall in love with uh, this path that you're on and inspiring women to become more confident? Okay. So I'll give you my favorite book of 2023. So there, well, there, there's two that I read in 2023 that I loved. Um, and it's, um, it's right here. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. It's called stop living on autopilot. Ooh, don't know um, that one. Yeah. So I'll send you the, um, Mike, I'll send you the author. I think it's Antonio Neves or Nieves. Um, so I'm mispronouncing his last name, but, um, stop living on autopilot. And then there's another one, um, that's, um, autobi- uh, it's an autobiography. Um, it's called Between Two Kingdoms. And it's about a, a young woman's journey with cancer. Oof. And it's by Sulaika Jaud. And um, they just put out her and her husband put out an amazing documentary called American Symphony on Netflix. And I highly recommend it because it talks about the joy of living in the present moment, the tension between illness and success and being passionate or a multi-passionate person. And so I highly recommend the book and the documentary. Nice. Growing up, who were your heroes or was there one specific hero that stands out in your mind? Okay. So this probably won't be surprised after talking to me for a little bit here is uh, my favorite movie when I was a kid. Um, My dad passed away when I was 18, but when I was a kid, 
We would watch WWF wrestling on Fridays. I like you more already. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So we were like Roddy Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan. Like I was an 80s kid. And um, we. No wonder loved... you're cool. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so my favorite movie, probably to this day, is Rocky, Rocky One. And I love Jeez. a good underdog. I love a good underdog story and I could watch that one. I watch it at least a couple times a year because it just shows the power of will and the power of passion and the power of purpose. And so, yes, those, those are some of my influences. That is amazing. I mean, I, I interview a lot of people. I don't know how many women would ever say Rocky as their favorite movie. That is incredible. I'm telling you, I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. No wonder. And so this burnout that you had, um, what was it again? What were you doing specifically? Was it something very similar to what you're doing now? It's just in a different aspect or? No, actually, um, I'm doing something really similar to like at that time. Um, I think that I was didn't have healthy coping. I didn't have like good systems in place. I didn't have the support around me. And I was trying to do it on my own. I also had at that point, if we do the math, like I had an infant, Um, and so there was just like thing after thing, like kind of stacking on top of me and like the house of cards just fell down. And you didn't have this offshoot, this passion, this hobby, right. right, Of interviewing individuals, spreading the message and, uh, and completing that hero's journey, by the way, the last part is to return with elixir, which is to provide solutions to the many. And that's what you're doing. And I think that once you realize that the excitement is not really in obtaining the reward, but it's in helping others obtain the reward, that's where the, uh, the, the spark is lit. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not in the receiving, it's actually in the giving. That's where the joy really is. Yeah. And that's what you get to do with your book and with your podcast and day in and day out now, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. Uh, is there a website or a social media channel that you recommend our viewers and listeners um, go to if they want to get in contact with you? Obviously, you want to be on more podcasts. So what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So um, I would say LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So just my first and last name, Jennifer Pastikas on LinkedIn. And then I also um, uh, am on Instagram under Brave Women at Work. And then my website is bravewomenatwork.com. So if someone is interested in learning more about the work I do, so I just have to say I do coaching, leadership and career coaching with women, and I'm looking to add more uh, clients this year. So if anyone wants to uh, pop on there and learn more or just sign up for a discovery call, a 30-minuter, I'm happy to talk with them. Excellent. Confidence, resilience, and leadership. When's that new book coming out? Um, leadership is coming out in April of this year. Excellent. Well, when it comes out, reach back out to us to have you I back will. on. Okay. I will. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. Yeah, this is excellent. Guys, remember a million dollar book will lead to a million dollar life right on.